0: Today's Tuesday, July 2nd, 2019, and this week on the Birdland BS podcast, the Orioles announced their lone All-Star. Trey's going to have to wait for another day. Some young Ravens have big goals for this season. Some rising stars for the Chirps, And on this week's Good, Bad, and Ugly, shoes, chickens, and mowers. Stay
1: tuned. So let's take it to the Birdland That Baltimore home flavor is coming first hand Fred, Scott, and Ryan Tell them the word, man Mixing a little BS to make it work, man They got it Want excitement, the topic Make sure when they toss you the ball You don't drop it With all that swag You're gonna listen regardless Here comes the pitch So it's time to get it started It's Birdland BS
0: BS, BS It doesn't have as much of an effect when Fred's not here.
2: Yeah, because he usually gives you a bunch of crap. (laughs) He does. He does. You're making love to your mic, man. (laughs) What is wrong with you?
0: All right, guys. (laughs) We thank you guys for joining us on this week's episode of Birdland BS. As we've discussed, Fred is not here. He is recovering from oral surgery. Actually, as am I. I'm a day more removed than he is from oral surgery. Uh, I had my surgery yesterday. He had his surgery today. And, well,
2: so so let's just say through FaceTime that I'm not sure he (laughs) he should be here. So are you saying that you're the tougher one, you can handle the pain better? I mean, (laughs) if that's what what we want to say, I mean, I'm just saying, Fred. Sorry, Fred. I yeah. don't mean to call you out, man. <laughs> I still love you like a brother.
0: <laughs> we got a good show lined up. We're going to jump straight into this. We got a good show lineup for you guys. Uh, as, as Brian kind of mentioned in pre-show, uh, the Orioles announced their lone all-star, you know, our buddy Trey. He's going to have to wait for his day because it ain't this year. And then we got some Ravens making some big goals for themselves mm-hmm. uh, this season. We've got some rising stars for the Terps. And...
2: This week's good, bad, and ugly—you gotta stay tuned for shoes, chickens, and mowers. This has to be the most bizarre three conversation or combo that you have for the good, bad, it, it, and ugly. It definitely is. It, <laughs> it definitely is, awesome. is. But hey,
0: before we jump into that, we gotta give a shout out to our sponsor. Yep. So, why don't you
2: tell them about who our sponsor is? So, are you in the market to buy or sell a home? Do you want someone who will go to bat for you? Call our guy, John Schaffenacker our go-to Redfin agent. John has been in the business for four years now and is dedicated to getting you the best deal possible. He is always available to take your calls anytime, day or night. For you Orioles fans may fans out there, you may know him as the sunglass guy sitting behind the dugout at Camden Yards. So give him a call at 443-604-6298. And you guys have talked, heard me talk about it
0: every week. John helped us buy our home uh, he really went above and beyond in helping us while the man was on vacation. You know, who wants to be bother- bothered while on vacation? It was actually around this time of year, you know, starting to get this time of year when we actually contacted him. So, who wants to be bothered on their 4th of July vacation? I know I wouldn't be. Um, but look, the guy takes care of his clients not only during the process, but after the process as well. Plenty of client events. Make sure to take care of his clients. You've heard me talk about the pies. He's done movies for his clients. Uh, Lego movie. He's a big Lego movie fan. He's done different Lego movie premieres. Uh, And it's just great because he takes care of his clients after the fact. So make sure you reach out to him today. If you're in the market to buy or sell your home in the the Maryland, Delaware, Virginia, PA area, make sure you reach out to him. Give a call at 443-604-6298. Or email them at johnscheffa at gmail.com. That's J-O-N-S-C-H-E-F-F-A at gmail.com. And don't forget them to let them know, Brad Lambie was the one that sent you. All right, Brian, we got to jump straight into some
2: good news with the Orioles
0: this week. That's really hard to say.
2: What do you mean? Hold on. Th- and it's not because I'm on any drugs. It's not because <laughs> oh, I'm on drugs. please. That's really
0: hard to say because it's the <laughs> Orioles and it's 2019. But before we touch on the O's, I do have to do the Fred thing and touch on bad news. Oh, uh, uh, geez. We got to start out this way, really? We got to start out this way. Fred's here. We got to keep it in his on- Fred's not here. We got to keep Could it in his honor. honor. So <laughs> we got to make sure that we we kind of... Really reach out to the fact and send our condolences to the family,
2: friends, and Angels teammate of 27 year old Angels pitcher Tyler Skaggs. It's it's heartbreaking. I mean, it, it, for some odd reason, this and the sad thing is, this isn't the only time the Angels have been through something like this. I believe uh, early, I guess, maybe late, yeah. Yeah, 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 they they had this issue with another Angels pitcher who was very up and coming, and now they got to go through it. So, my condolences to. To the know, fa- the, the, the
0: bright spot in this story is I give a lot of credit to the Texas Rangers uh, GM Josh Daniels uh, who contacted MLB and he's actually the one that said, look, we need to postpone this game because it's not right for the Angels players to literally have to play yesterday. Uh, and they he even said, look, if you think more should be done, this is what he's telling the MLB, if more should be done, we're all for it as the Rangers. Basically saying if they need to postpone this series, they're all for it because of the situation that they're under. I mean, this is a crazy situation. There's still details. No foul play is, is expected here. Uh, but it's crazy the fact that the, the details haven't come out. I am a little worried about what happened. Um, there's been some speculation. James, I think you mentioned before the show that you heard some speculation of heart uh, conditions. Heart conditions. Yeah. Did you hear
1: any details on that? No, it's just they just said... Um With the heart, like, you can do all the tests and all that. Like, you can get away with passing your physicals and stuff like that and still have a heart condition. So, it it might lead up to that, but it's just sad. Yeah, it's
0: it's definitely sad to hear, especially this guy's so young, 27 years old. He's an up-and-coming pitcher. Uh, You know, it's... it's One of the guys I actually talked about with the guys over at Talking Halos, uh, when I was on their podcast, we talked about Skaggs and, you know, the fact that he's so young and he's, you know, he's a guy that can eventually flourish. And then to have this happen, it's just crazy to see, you know, these young guys, him, uh, who was it, Fernando for... Uh, for Marlins a few Mm -hmm. years back so these these young guys crazy situations I I wish his family and the the angels and his friends you know all all the best and uh, and I hope you know I hope they get answers you know relatively soon as far as what happened I mean he was in Texas when it happened so he Mm -hmm. traveled with the team Uh, he had pitched on Sunday and he'd actually unfortunately had lost on Sunday um, so just crazy situation to have him go through. There was original speculation of uh, potential suicide, but that came out that that, that was wiped away really quickly. That they said no foul play, uh, no potential idea for suicide. I heard kind of the same thing that James did as far as uh, the potential for some heart issues. Mm-hmm. So I just have to say, you know, this guy again pitched on Saturday, lost four to nothing against Oakland. He was seven and seven on the season with a four two nine ERA and a
2: 1-2-7 WHIP, respectable. Oh. For He's better than most of the oral staff we got. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yes, I mean but yeah, it's amazing that he's such an up-and-comer, and God only knows what his potential could have been, and it's it's a tragic story, and it and I, it's a shame to see this kid's life end so abruptly like this. And to, to the players, I don't know how you get past it. I mean, that's, that's going to be the struggle for the players to know that, hey, one of our boys was here. Now they're no longer with us. We're going to play our guts out for this kid now. I mean, it, it's it's got to be gut riching in that locker room right now. Yeah, I mean,
0: I, especially the fact that he just pitched on on Saturday. That's the crazy part about mm-hmm. this. He passes away on Monday, and he just pitched on Saturday. I mean, I, I just it, it's just so hard to believe. But you know, let's kind of go on from that. Let's look at the Orioles, uh, twenty four and
2: sixty on the season.
0: But you know what? They ended June by making history (laughs) in a positive manner.
2: How rare is that now in 2019? (laughs) Wow, man. (laughs) History Friday and Saturday with two wins. They are the
0: first team in MLB history to win back-to-back games with 13-plus runs while
2: shutting out the opposing team in both games.
0: Crazy to hear.
2: How amazing is that to come from our bullpen, our starting rotation? Touche, guys. That's amazing. Now, if we can just get some consistency, hey, that's a winning streak. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the thing.
0: (laughs) Look, you get you get. We're going to talk about it here in a second. You get John Means who pitches well. You get you get all these guys coming together Mm -hmm. and having you know good, solid baseball. It wasn't a they weren't home run games. They were run producing games. That was the best part about it. And and when you look at this, they finished the series with the with getting shut out two to nothing. Mm -hmm. Eh, whatever. So here's my question to to James and, and to you Brian. What do you take away from that that win against Cleveland? Is is this a, a a you know a major fluke or is this signs of life of this team?
2: Do you want to go first or do you want me to go?
1: Yeah. I, I think it's a good good thing, you know, cuz it was also people that they just brought up recently and Cisco had two home runs in the game, well, yeah, in two mm-hmm. games and he marked his I think he was like the 99th person to hit Utah Street.
0: Yeah, they he was actually the 100th, and then they had the hundred first. I thought it was Santana.
1: I thought uh, it Santana. Was it Santana?
0: That hit it? I know one I of them was close. So it's was I, is Santana and him both hit it yeah, in the series.
1: Yeah, Cisco was 99, then Santana, wherever. So there you go. Santana hits
0: the 100th home run on Utah Street.
1: Utah Street. I, I think it's good. I don't think Cleveland's good as what people think anymore. I think Minnesota is the team to beat in that division. I don't I don't
0: disagree with that there. The way Minnesota's been playing recently, I think it's 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 undeniably the team to beat and how how their pitching has been doing amazing. They they've been hitting on a consistent basis. Thank you. You're welcome for Jonathan Scope. You uh. know, thank you for taking them from <laughs> us. Uh but overall, I think that team it just it just makes sense. I agree with you 100%. And it was there. good
1: that it was against Cle- Clevenger, too. That we, he, he, he Oh yeah, yeah, yeah one of the second, best pitchers in look, the league. No uh, doubt. I think it tied his the, the shortest outing of his uh of his career pitching yeah yeah mm-hmm.
2: so are do you agree with that I'm, I'm a yes I, I agree with everything what what uh James said but I also look at it from the perspective of holy crap this this is signs of the future here are some of these bright kids coming out of the farm system coming up from Dalmarva coming into the Orio to the Camden yards now with so much potential now we just got to be consistent that's the thing and you're seeing signs of growth, and that's what makes me excited as an Orioles fan to see all this fresh, young talent coming up here now and just being able to perform. I mean, God, these kids are so young, and to come out and to be able to perform on a big stage in Camden Yards is just absolutely amazing. I mean, the pitching was phenomenal, and it's something we're not used to seeing at all as Baltimore fans. We're just used to seeing, okay, maybe if we get three innings, four innings out of our starting pitcher pitchers, Hey, that's a win. But of course, downside is when you go to the bullpen, it's like, oh, crap, we got nobody in the bullpen that can you know, come in and eat up innings. But um, overall, the hitting was amazing. And they weren't hitting home runs. They were hitting... Singles, doubles, and they were stealing bases. It was old school baseball like we've never seen in this town. And it was just um, fresh and it was amazing to watch.
0: It was a lot of small ball, situational hitting, situational running. I, I loved what I saw there. And then when you look at the whole thing, you know, the unsung hero this week, in my opinion, was Saturday. Andrew Kashner. Oh, no, no, <laughs> seven innings, gives up no runs, gave up, I think, three hits, maybe four hits. It just goes to show you it's still in Kashner. And when he gets the run support, he does well.
1: And they weren't even thinking about starting him because of the rain. They're going yeah. like to mm-hmm. bring was, someone into. Uh, uh, Armstrong was actually. I was there. Armstrong was yeah. set
0: to start the game. Start the he,
1: game because they were worried about the lightning if there's going to be delay or whatever. But it all worked out. But we still make you know mental mistakes, like simple base. Ball knowledge. <laughs> you yeah. mean Jonathan
0: Villar getting picked off in the first
1: inning after getting on? I understand. <laughs> just like thrown errors and stuff like that. But I was there uh, Saturday, and you know we we got destroyed. You mean Sunday? You mean Sunday? Uh, son-
2: S- Sunday we didn't no, get destroyed.
1: Just- I went to the Wednesday game. Oh, oh okay. I was Wednesday. gonna say because Saturday we didn't, or Sunday we didn't get destroyed. Too. But like people like would say like you know bring up all these guys and this and that. Who's this? That. I enjoy it because it's sort of like get these young guys that are going to be the future of this team coming up early to see what they got. I just love baseball in general, and to see that, it's great, man.
2: Well, I mean, and you look at how good the the Shorebirds and the the Bay Sox are, are, are am I saying that right? Yeah, the the Bowie Bay, boo- yeah. Bay Sox. Look how well they are doing right now. I don't have the record in front of me, but they're having a winning season. Stand. They are tearing it up in, in A AA and A right now that it's like, okay, hey, look. This is the farm system we've never had. We've never seen this much budding potential in our farm system in Jesus, maybe 15, 16 years, maybe even further back because yeah. it's always been depleted. Now we got all this fresh young talent and we're starting to see it. We're starting to see all this fresh young talent come up now. And it's just it's well, awesome. You talk about talent. One guy that that we thought Trey
0: and Trey Mancini that we thought mm-hmm. had should have should have made the all-star team with his numbers. Without he doesn't wind up making the all-star team. Uh, But there was an Oriole who does, and that's John Means. Look, John Means has had a great season. Oh, without a doubt. But does he deserve to be there over Trey Mancini? That's the question. In my opinion, I don't know. You know, you look at the numbers of guy like Mookie Betts, who's got a 261 batting average, 13 home runs, 37 RBIs, and 837 OPS, and he's on the all-star team. You compare that to Trey Mancini, who's got a 302 batting average, four more home runs at 17, three more RBIs at 40, and 907 OPS. Those numbers are better than Mookie's.
2: It doesn't, it's a popularity contest. And that's what I was going to say. What team does he play for? What team does, what team oh, yeah. does Mookie play for? He plays for Boston. Yeah. What does ESPN love to promote? Boston, <laughs> New York. They're not going to promote Orioles. Are you kidding me? It's really been rare that we see Orioles on ESPN. And that's the thing. I mean, Trey Mancini. I absolutely think he should be there in the All Star Game. If anything it would help his trade value, but hey, that's just me talking. <laughs> well, I,
0: <laughs> but I still think Trey, Trey I, I don't care how good Trey's doing. You don't trade him, as far as I'm concerned. He's a guy that you can build this. You can build you, this team around.
2: You and I are on different standpoints. We on are, that. and we've we've argued this point a lot. But you're right. Um, I do think he should have been there. He is definitely the snub, which is actually something we're not used to saying here in in, in Orioles. Yeah, um, we're not used to Fan, seeing guys FanDuel. get snubbed. No. But um, yeah, I kind of wish I would have seen him out there just because he's such an amazing guy. He's so down to earth, and the kid has so much potential to be such an amazing player.
0: He does. I agree I agree with that 100%, but let's talk about the guy that did actually make it. Let's talk about John Means. Mm-hmm. He's the first Orioles starting pitcher selected to the All-Star Game since 1999 with Mussina. You got to bring him up.
2: <laughs> I mean he was there this weekend. Yes, he was.
0: By the way, did either of you see his face this weekend when he was there? Like he he literally they didn't even apparently announce like Mike Musina going to the Hall of Fame before he threw out the first he threw out the first pitch before they said, you know, go ahead and throw the first pitch, Mike. First pitch yours. He threw it and was like walking off the field before they even said it.
2: That's because he doesn't care about his tenure here in Baltimore. No, he he, he, he doesn't. He, but, he considers himself a Yankee.
0: But let's look at this. Almost twenty years since a guy has gone up, and this is guys, you know. Tillman was selected and and or Tillman was an injury injury replacement reserve, in 2013. Yeah. So he's you know, a guy that, that did make it, but it was because somebody else wound up getting injured. So can you count him ish ish? Mm-hmm. That's the best you, way you can describe it oh, yeah. uh, because at least he was on the, he was on the reserve. He was a secondary roster guy, uh, but look means a seven and four on the season. He's got a two five ERA. He's, Third in the NA, or I'm sorry, in the AL, and fourth in MLB. That's pretty damn good. And as far as I'm concerned, should have been on the roster without the MLB voting. That should have been something coming from the fans. But again, we talked about it. It's a popularity contest. It's just ridiculous that, that as far as I'm concerned, the top three guys in every category should always be on the All Star team.
2: Period. See, and I agree. So sometimes I wish that the fans didn't vote in or four are all stars in MLB, but I understand it. The major league baseball is struggling to get the youth and this is one of the ways they could do it. Say, hey, vote for your favorite player. You can vote it, was it nine, ten times, thirty times? I don't even know I how many think times, times it is a day, day or day. something, yeah, it's something goofy. With
1: one email. Fifteen.
2: Fifteen times in one email. Yeah. I, I, see that that's what drives me nuts is I wish that the what? coaches Sorry, yeah, the um, managers would would be the ones to to vote for these guys, because I feel like, to be honest, you would get the true talent for the All-Star game. But at the same time, you want the fans to contribute to say, okay, yeah, you know, these are the guys I want to see. But of course, you know, look who didn't make the All-Star team. Somebody from the former Baltimore Orioles, Manny Machado. Yeah. He might make it as a reserve, but he didn't make it overall. And the same thing for Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper didn't make it either. Well, but the I mean, Bryce, I say
0: Bryce Harper's not exactly having a good year.
1: No, that but that is true. Somehow. But, 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 but
0: yeah, they'll get there somehow, whether it's, whether it's through. Last minute. Yeah. It's either through last minute or I know they've, they've announced, I think it's six so
2: far of the guys in the home run derby. So I'm sure but, one at one or both of them will make it in there as well. But, but like we were saying about me, I mean, the guy basically came into spring training like, almost expecting to get cut. Yeah. I mean, he had no idea he was even going to make the team. And look what type of season he's been putting on for in that bottom of Orioles. I think he's got what, seven of our
0: twenty-four wins now? So I mean, it's when you look at that situation, the guy has seven of (laughs) twenty-four wins.
2: That's insane. He has
0: almost he has just under one third of your wins. That's crazy to think about, especially with this team. But you know, when you look at that, it's just the overall up and coming of this team, guys like means it's it is I think a positive thing to have him get in there because it just shows you look this is a guy that comes in with that that expectation of, mm-hmm. of not being able to do it expecting to get cut and have to find another team potentially and here he gets you know he gets sent down to Bowie then comes
2: up and winds up pitching really really well yeah he's a he's definitely a budding star here in Baltimore and it's awesome to watch his growth um, I'm excited for some of the growth
0: that we're gonna see after this announcement this, this this week, I think it was uh, earlier today, mm-hmm. with 27 international signings today. And that's been one of the things the Orioles have always struggled with, haven't they? Yeah, I mean, when you look at the history of the Orioles, 27 this year, right? In 2016, they had five. Five. In 2017, they had nine. Yay, four more! <laughs> In 2018, they had 13. Okay, great.
2: So, so for those of
0: you that aren't good at math, I just named 27 in three years. Three (laughs) years. 27, and we get the same 27 in one year out of Michael Eyes. One freaking year out of Michael Eyes.
2: And we have 27 international sightings. And that makes me so happy to see that Michael Elias is our GM, man. I mean, he is trying his damnedest to put a winning baseball team here in Baltimore. And this is the start. This is great to see him going out, going everywhere to pick up such youth and potential for for our, our Baltimore Orioles right now. And it's insane. I mean, that's like I said, it's been one of the things that the Orioles have always struggled with is going out and, and going international. Going out of the United States grabbing talent and bringing them here to Baltimore.
0: Yes, yeah, I agree. And when you look at the international market, we got 16 guys from the, the DR, the Dominican Republic. You mm-hmm. have eight from Venezuela and one each from Aruba, Bahamas, and Colombia.
2: That's the cesspool of talent down there, baby. It's it,
0: it, When you look at this, this is the place to go to get this talent. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we got these guys, 27 signings, all spread out you know when i when i texted fred earlier about this you know he was joking and he basically said this makes me feel old as shit <laughs> cuz we were looking at the birth dates of all these kids and going holy shit i feel old as hell because of how young these guys are. I mean, these guys are 16, 17, 18 years old. Christ, now I at the Thanks, man. You're welcome. You're older than me. You're welcome. <laughs> really got to go there. And James is over there. He's even older than both of us.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he's Fred, like. Fred gets a break yeah. from being picked on. <laughs>
0: yeah, right? Uh, but here, here... Okay, so here's what I look at. With most of these guys being 16 to 18 years old, these guys are still years away. So what... For you guys, what do you look at, James? What do you look to expect out of some of these this young talent that we're signing in in the international market?
1: Just let them play every day. Let them learn. You know the game. Get their, uh, <clears throat> you know, their arms their, their bats better, and just you know build with these young guys that we drafted, and just grow. You know, I think it's it's going to be great in the next couple of years. I, I I'm saying three to five. You
0: think three to five? Okay. I mean, People are saying
1: like two years, but I'm saying like three to five to be realistic.
0: Yeah. I mean, and when you think we have two Dominican league teams, so most of them are going to start there with the hopes of going into the Gulf coast league, mm-hmm. you know? And so you're going to get these guys evolutionizing pretty quickly, uh, to your point, three to five years. Could some, could occasional one or two of them be two. Maybe if they, if they get into that Dominican league and really, you know, show, show themselves off and then get in the Gulf coast league and show off. Yeah. They could get up here quicker. Um, but I think the class was highlighted by the one outfielder, uh, Luis Gonzalez. He's left-handed pitcher. Um, or Yeah, I'm sorry. He's, the, mm-hmm. he's highlighted by Luis Gonzalez. Then you also have the left-handed pitcher, Luis Ortiz, that's also a big guy in this in this signing. Both these guys are, are, are big names in the international market. And then there's another guy that's a shortstop. Uh, I think it's Lionel Sanchez who's another guy that you got to look at. All these guys are from the Dominican Republic. They're all going to probably start in that that market down there. But all these guys receive a bonus of $400,000. Would you like a $400,000 bonus? Oh,
2: hell yeah. I'll, I'll play baseball for that type of bonus. You kidding me? I know I ain't, I'm not that good at baseball. Are you kidding me? I, these old rickety bones, as you point out. Look, that
0: just shows you the investment that they have in these kids. I mean, when you look at Gonzalez, he's a lefty hitter who can play all three outfield positions and who the Orioles really feel could be a power bat long term that could impact this team. So the fact that you're you're getting a guy like this that you think has a major impact and you're gonna immediately put him in that Dominican Dominican league and then bring him up, it's it's a great start for this for this team to really develop this talent internationally and at the, the lower levels. And then you get a guy like Ortiz, who at, what I think Ortiz, is, I think seventeen. He's got a fastball that's exceeding ninety mile, ninety miles an hour. Jesus. Ninety mile an hour fastball out of a seventeen year old. Good
1: God. And it's it,
0: crazy to think about that because most of these guys develop a 90-mile. He's already got it.
1: I think I had 50 when I was that age. <laughs> yeah, I, I was probably
2: I, about 42. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but the thing I, is, that's a good point, is to say about the Orioles, like the ownership is letting Elias like spend the money and let him do it. So it's telling you it's, it's going in a different direction Could you – I don't. I don't see uh, Angeles would ever put out four hundred thousand for a bonus. You,
0: you think. You think
1: it's Aunt, Peter, or you think
0: it's the brothers?
1: What you, you think. The,
0: you think the brothers are giving the, the. I'm sorry, the sons, the the two brothers that are giving the freedom here.
1: I think so, and, but for them to trust Elias to to do this, it's big. So that, it's a big change. That had to be part of the deal spend when it. I'm sorry, James.
2: That had that, to be part of the deal when you brought Elias in here. You had to give him the the freedom to be able to do what he did in Houston. And build that organization up and to be able to go out and just grab this talent. I mean, he yeah, has I mean, a formula that works, and now he's bringing it here to Baltimore, and I think it will work here.
0: And not to mention about, you know, I talked about Ortiz with his 90 mile an hour mm-hmm. fastball. This guy also features a changeup and a curveball. So he's a three pitch pitcher that's exceeding 90 miles an hour. That's pretty damn good. And then you got Sanchez who is an athletic middle infielder, and the club really hopes he develops power as he ages and gets older, which most guys do. They, they, they put on a little bit more weight. He's going to develop that power. He's going to develop you know, more tools, which is what they want. But when you when you get signings like this, this is what we pulled in Elias for, period. Mm-hmm. If you don't pull in Elias for these things, you're not getting him, and you're not going to grow your farm system. This is how you grow it in today's market. Is there homegrown talent in the U.S.? Absolutely. Adley Rutschman. Prime example. We got him. And he's probably going to go down to the Gulf Coast League. I wouldn't doubt we see him in Bowie starting next year. And well, by the end of the next season, he's with the Orioles.
1: They're saying that he might go up to Del Mara this year. It's, it's quite that, possible. To, to pitch with some of the, the pitchers. I mean, we'll catch some of the games with the pitchers there. Yeah, that's, in the that's, if they,
0: that's if they decide to keep him as the, uh, as the catcher and not move him to a right field or a third base. Oh, good God, I heard they're thinking about
1: doing uh, mostly like outfield, and then do some with uh, some catching with the pitchers. Yeah, I mean, it's looking. You can't you
0: can't let a guy like that go from catcher. He threw, he's throwing out almost fifty percent of base stealers. You cannot <laughs> let a guy like that go. Fred and I have talked about that in the past. You cannot let that happen. We're, and part of it, correct me if I'm wrong, because Fred and I may be a little. This may be a little bit of an issue for us because we're both catchers. (laughs) Are we wrong in thinking that you don't pull a guy like this who is a solid catcher and a solid hitter of not moving him? Are we wrong in that, or do you think it's the right move to move him to get his bat up here quicker?
1: Maybe it's a new thing. I don't know. I think if he's, you know, sign him as a catcher, leave him as a catcher. (laughs) That's the way that I I I look at it. too.
2: Well, that, that seems to be the new trend here in Major League Baseball is to kind of have these utility players, okay, not only is he a catcher, but he can be a first baseman, he can be a third baseman, or he can be an outfielder. I mean, you're seeing that with Trey Mancini, who's a good example. Okay, not only can he be a right fielder, he can also be a first baseman. Or did I get – yeah, he's a right fielder, right? Yeah, right fielder. Yeah, right fielder. And play, He can, also, can play first. Yeah, he can play first. Actually, that's his natural talent is to play first base, but you're seeing utility players now become kind of the norm almost. And that's that's, to me – I kind of don't like that. I want to see somebody be great at one position. Now, can he be like, for example, can can he go from being a catcher maybe to being third base or being a first baseman? Yes, that's just a bonus. But I want him to learn his trade, be a professional at his trade, being a catcher and bring that talent up here, get up here quicker because you never know it. This potential rebuild may only take three seasons. And hey, guess what? The Orioles are now back into the playoffs. Because guess what? They've got all this all this good potential talent and now it's finally coming to fruition it's and we're gelling, seeing yeah. the benefits. Yes. Yeah.
0: No, I agree with that. I agree with that. So my, my question then kind of moving moving along is you know, for the second half of this season, is there anything that we, we can kind of expect or you guys expect to see any call ups, changes in the bullpen? Could we see Hunter Harvey by the end of the year in the bullpen? No. Yeah, I'm gonna say no. You you're saying no, James. Do you say no?
1: I'd love to see him, but no, I think I think I think Harvey's on the boat. Like one that probably never see him. I really? Don't. Yeah. Really? I think well, he's I, going to get injured before he comes up. I'm
0: going to say that with the two of you, I disagree with the two of you. He's been pitching immaculately. He just went up to. He was pitching great in Double A. Now he comes up and he's in Triple A. And he's pitching really well. That means he's gonna get hurt. <laughs> well, so, no. what do you think of Tommy John surgery? No, that
1: he'll like, slip I'm in trying the not. <laughs>
0: I'm trying not to expect history. Okay, to repeat itself. I, I'm trying to learn. You know, hopefully they learn just, from history. I'm see just it. done
1: with him and, and Bundy. you yeah. I mean, who's I'm not tired done with of hearing Bundy? the story. Oh, Bundy, our savior. Harvey, our savior. Let we got. But see, just play
0: baseball. The difference is is. They recognized they needed to change, make a change with Hunter Harvey, and they put him in the bullpen. And now they put him in the bullpen. You can tell a guy like that. And I, I, Fred, disagrees with me on this, but I think you say Bundy, you go to the bullpen because now you let a guy who's used to throwing as hard as he can not have to worry mentally about saying I gotta last six innings. I can't give this all I got. I got to throw a little. I got to leave a little bit
1: of juice in the arm. So you have another Castro. No. I've oh, no. I've seen Castro some, some start from the beginning. Oh, don't get me even started on Castro.
0: <laughs> what on, are you Castro's doing, James? great. What are you talking about, man? Uh, all right. I, I'm making a prediction. You will see Hunter Harvey in major leagues before the end of this year. Right. I think he's pitching too well, and he's already started off on a great foot in Bowie. I think you continue to see that in Bowie, and I think you see him by the end of the year. I just, I, I, I don't think you can ignore it. I think you got to go from there. All right, this week's brew of the week. Brian, tell us about this week's brew of the week.
2: It's juicy. <laughs> <laughs> <I can't> just- <laughs> I've been waiting to drop that one. So this brew of the week, uh, it's from what full Tilt? It, yeah, it's from Full Tilt. Actually, I've had a lot of their uh, local brews. Uh, so they, this is uh, the Liquor Stop Brew of the Week. Um, hang on. What is it called? It it's, is, a, it's, a it's Memorial um It's Pils. Memorial Pils. It's, it's America, their so, German Pilsner. And which I've been drinking throughout the show. So you guys have probably seen me downing these <laughs> beers. That's how good this is. This is a very impressive uh, Pilsner. Uh, it's actually not very heavy on the alcohol content. It's only 5.3. Uh, to me, it's, it, it's, it's definitely sweet for a pilsner for me I don't, I don't know what you think but uh yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely very very it, good it
0: is a little on the sweeter side for a pilsner i mean but it, at 5.3 i mean it's it's made with what i think it's 100 percent german hops and malt so it's not bad it's a nice flavor nice smooth you know memorial day type yes. drink or yes. you know memorial day or fly july 4th type drink um you know this is liquor stop has it right up at the front they've got cases of it uh so this stuff is actually pretty good um but we also got this week grandma's apple raspberry sangria. Now, you and James had this before the show. Oh that's And tough. my wife got this stuff last week, and I told Jerry we wound up buying a case of this stuff, uh, and Jerry hooked us up with it. You guys tried this before the show. What did you guys think of this
1: stuff? I was just wondering why we had jam. <laughs> <laughs> it a, did. It, it looks, it looks like a jam. Did. We had some smucker <laughs> going on. But no, it was delicious, you know.
0: a little ice and good to go yeah man it was it's it's a craft sangria and it's actually pretty good it's it's homemade it's it's pretty at 8.99 this is actually a pretty good deal 8.99 for this jar and this stuff is good it's smooth it's got a nice sweet flavor it's not too sweet uh it's six percent alcohol by volume. Oh, that's not so, bad at all. You know, for a wine, it's it's a little bit lower than most normal wines, but for a sangria, it's kind of right in there. Most sangria is about eight mm-hmm. percent,
2: so it's not bad at all. And you can have it for breakfast too. There oh, you <laughs> go. There you go. <laughs> breakfast, it, lunch, and dinner. There you go. Put <laughs> you it right. It with, put it
0: right on your toast. There you go. So <laughs> make sure you guys reach out to reach out to the Liquor Stop. Go stop by there, Conowingo Road in Bel Air. Make sure you go there and set, let them know. Jer- 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 let Jerry know that Birdland BS sent you. Get your ten percent off. All right, let's jump into some Ravens news. We got to talk about some Ravens. And the first Raven that we have to
2: talk about. Please tell me it's not Lamar, because I don't want to have to argue with you. <laughs> I, I can't pick up the way that you and Fred argue about Lamar. No, okay? it's I not can't, Lamar. I can't do that. I can't it's, live up to that expectation. It, it's not Lamar. <laughs> uh,
0: but it's about Hollywood Brown. And as you can see up in the picture, up in my upper, upper left here, he bought his mother a brand new home this past weekend, as well as a brand new Land
2: Rover. Damn, can he buy me a Land Rover? (laughs) Exactly, man. (laughs) But that's awesome, though. It's it's awesome to see a young kid take care of his family. Family always comes first. That is amazing to me. He said that
0: he he attributes all of his success to his mother. His mother's always had, you know, his mother always, you know, you hear a lot, but his mother did influence his life a lot. You know, had him to drive this is a guy that's always been told he's too small still is still being told that but you know what he's going through and showing people why he is who he is uh he's not only hollywood on the field but he's hollywood off the field in good ways and bad ways you know he's he's got some injuries he's having to deal with which mm-hmm. is the bad way but everywhere else he's apparently on the on the field and off the field he's reading the playbook he's taking care of his mom it's just it's really kind of cool to see. I thought it was a cool. Did you guys see the the videos of him like showing and handing his mom the keys? No, I didn't get a chance to see that. It was pretty funny. Like he's like walking her through the house. He's like she's like this is really nice. I really love this area. <laughs> and he goes, "Well, love it some more. Here you go." It's and hands her the yours. keys. And then he's like, "What?" And she's opening the door and then he's like, "Oh." And that and there's a brand new white Land Rover sitting out in front of the house. With a a, uh, a bow on it. So really cool to see out of this guy, you know, already, you know, showing he, he's taking care of the people that took
2: care of him his entire life. So kind of cool do, to see. Do you know what this shows, which the NFL lacks maturity? Here is a kid who's taking care of his family, doing these awesome things for his mom and dad who have influenced him so much that have helped him get to this level and he's, he's showing so much maturity going, okay, let me give back to you because you've given me so much. You've made my dreams come true of making it to the NFL. Let me do something good for you, and that's awesome. I wish the NFL would promote more of this yeah, I mean, throughout the you,
0: year. You would think, and I hope it does make a little bit more of national headlines mm-hmm. with the NFL and not just with the Ravens, um, but overall I think it's, you know, it's a great story. The other Brown on the team making headlines is Orlando Brown. Jr., Zeus Jr., he says he wants to be a pro bowler and all pro this year.
2: Awesome. Love the high expectations. That is awesome. And he can do it. I, I, I absolutely think he can. You think he can make the leap this season? I think he can. I almost think he has to. I almost think he has to. For the, for the Ravens to be a playoff team, Orlando Brown has to be an all pro offensive lineman. I think, look, he's he came in last year, and Fred and
0: I were sitting there going, why is he not starting? And there was rumors about he didn't understand the playbook, playbook. and this and that. I didn't understand why he wasn't
1: starting from the get-go because once he came in, he showed why he should have been there the whole time. Apparently, he uh, he's in better shape this year and stronger, they said. Yeah, they he said mm-hmm. he's put he's
0: defined his muscle a lot yeah. more, which he's he says he's done. He looks different. He, he does. He looks more of a solid frame. It's a little bit less extra weight there. It's good to see. Look, do I think he can make the leap? Yeah. But that's a big that's that's some awful high expectations to be setting on yourself. So I love it, but you gotta put in the work. You gotta put in the work in the weight room. You gotta put it in studying the playbook. If that was your biggest knock last year, you got a whole new playbook this year, you better damn understand the thing. Because if you're gonna go in and you're not gonna understand it, then that's a problem to them.
1: Well, we you know he's not hanging out with uh uh, but the defensive guy, what's it, Pierce? Or oh yeah,
0: Williams. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Bernard, or yeah, Williams. He's he's not. Uh, yeah, he's he's not overweight like him. He came in in a better Jeez. situation than him. Uh, <laughs> but here's what here's one thing that we I think we can talk about for a few minutes. When we look going into the season, we got training camp coming up here. You know, in I think what five weeks or somewhere around like that. Does it feel strange to you guys not having some of the core names around this year, like Suggs and Lewis, Reed, Nada, Mosley, Weddle? Like, this is really a new era, to Fred's terms, of Baltimore football.
2: Is it weird to you guys to not see those names now? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, because we grew up with these guys. I mean, from high school to where we are now, we've know, it, these have been names that you knew that came into your home every Sunday that you were used to seeing, and now it's like, Oh, my God, they're they're gone. What what do we do? Especially like uh, Suggs. To, to me, it's going to be so weird seeing Suggs in a different uniform, being in Arizona of all places. At least he's not in Pittsburgh. God bless. Thank yeah, you, Suggs, Jesus for not Christ. going there. I don't think I could have ever forgiven you. I don't think he ever would have gone there. No, no, honestly. but it it, it is going to be weird. It, it's it's just a, you're like, like Fred in USA. It's a different era. And it's it's different expectations because well, when Suggs was here back in his prime, it was Super Bowl or bust every year. This is the at LJ era. Oh boy. I'm just saying. Nice,
0: nice plug. I mean, <laughs> look, it there is it it is the Lamar Jackson era for a reason. Mm-hmm. You know, when you look at this, it's one of those things that I look at and I, Fred's not here, and it's kind of pissed me off <laughs> I, can't I want to go at him so bad. <laughs> But <clears throat> hashtag Lamar effect. I was
2: gonna say, do you want me to do it for you? It's the hashtag Lamar effect, man. Lamar is just amazing. I don't know what is wrong with you. Or is he usually the opposite side? I can't keep no, track no, when you two argue, I'm just like I'm the redhead
1: stepchild in a room like he
0: created the hashtag Lamar. Tell effect.
1: you what, yeah. he's gonna put up better fantasy numbers than Joe Flacco. Any
2: a rookie quarterback could put up better fantasy stats than Joe Flacco. And, of course, I'm the idiot that kept drafting him every (laughs) (laughs)
1: year. Shut up. Don't even go there because you got no room to talk. (laughs) But with the change, I'm all for it because I think it's it's time for offensive Ravens compared to known for defense. But the defense is going to be great. But I'm just tired. I I left that era when, you know, um, I'm going to have to say 2,000 when I stopped buying football jerseys because they were never with the team anymore. So I'm all for changes.
0: Yeah, I mean it doesn't it doesn't hurt to sit there and say, look, these guys are are a new era in that it's a different style of play on both sides of the ball. It's gonna
1: be fast. It's it is gonna be fast. It's gonna be
0: insane. And to your point, it's not only gonna be fast on the offensive side of the ball. It's still gonna be fast on the defensive side of the ball because this defense is a. While some people are knocking this defense, this is gonna be a pretty damn good defense. You know, when you got some of these names coming in, some of the guys that we expect to do well, like Humphrey, we know Earl Thomas is going to do well. We know Judon's going to do well. When you look at all these guys, Ferguson, we expect him to, to really show and, and show off well. You look at all these names, you look at all these guys, and I say, this could be another top five defense in the NFL. And then you couple that with an offense as long as, and I'll give credit. Lamar, some of the the videos that we've seen of Lamar at the end of OTAs, the ball was coming out in a fairly tight spiral. So whatever he whatever adjustments he was making, I give him credit for. I knocked him a lot on yeah. previous shows. I give him credit. He's making adjustments. I want to make sure that those translate to when he's actually facing true competition. And
1: and what you're saying with uh I was, you know, Fred was here, but Apparently, you know how we talk about like our inside linebackers or linebacker core. Period. Like, apparently, the Ravens aren't worried about it. No, they're, they're not. not.
0: They think they think Peanut's going to do well there. They think that that core is going to be able to do well between him and Mosley, being able to kind of go back and forth. Uh, I-, I think. Look, I'm sorry, not Mosley. Mosley's gone. Mo- between yeah. um, him and. Uh, no, I'm drawing a blank too. Kenny Young, Kenny Young, Kenny Young. Between him and Kenny Young, those are the guys that you expect to do well, and they're excited situations.
1: about it. Like Harbaugh and 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 the defensive um, what was a uh, Wink, yeah, yes. Wink Martindale. They're not worried about it. I'm like, I'm I'm I was a little worried about it, but if they're like, we're ready to go. They're which, all which for it, awesome. and not not
0: having some of the big names here, it's going to be different. You know, we're we're all used to the the bigger names, but let's not forget Earl Thomas ain't a small name. No. Mm-mm. You know, let's not let's not overshadow him and how he's done. And Marlon Humphrey, he's going to be a big name. Jimmy Smith, as long as he can stay healthy yeah. and stay off the <laughs> stupid crap. <laughs> stay out of the limelight in a negative way.
2: Big name. See, see, I think our safeties and, and defensive backs are going to be the best in the league overall. I mean, they're just a, got a card course. too. Mm-hmm. Car. Yeah, yeah, he's another Jefferson one. Jefferson is another one that's out and there. He, there, he says, there you go. He
1: can prove even more. Like he, he's like I haven't like reached
2: my limit yet. Like, and that's awesome. It, it's expectations these guys are setting on each other. <laughs> and yeah, uh, yeah, I mean it's yeah, it, it's
0: it's one of those things. And Anthony Levine's another guy that's going to mm-hmm. do well. So it, it's one of those things that when you look at it, it's going to be it's going to be a core of guys that's going to really set for. And then you also have Elliot. I'm getting getting texts from Fred on my watch. Elliot, <laughs>
2: not Zeke Elliot. No,
0: no. But look, when you look at this core group of guys, I think they're going to do well. Uh, I think you have you have a lot of guys that that can really promote this defense and promote the offense. You know, we we expect Andrews to do well. Hayden Hirsch is coming out with it. he's got a vengeance to prove hmm. everybody wrong that that last year he he was a non-effect. I think he wants to be in effect this year, and then you have you know the the running back core, the wide receiving core. Everybody, you know, we know Hollywood wants to prove people wrong that he's not too small to play this this game, and we know that we got guys like Boykin who in the ends, you know, in the end zone he's going to be able to go up and get him. But he can also burn guys over the top. Let's not forget about that about him. So I think overall it's one of those things that when we look at it, it it's it, this is a team that is set up for success, and we have our locked with Tucker.
2: Oh, without yeah. a doubt.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's when you look at what he can do on a regular basis, regardless of what anybody says. Oh, he's had issues the last year. I don't
2: give a shit. Matt, Matt Stover had issues at one point in time and he corrected it. So they all go through this. It's okay, folks. Tucker's human. He'll get it fixed and he'll be the all pro field goal kicker he that he has used to.
0: anything to fix. He hit he he the the situations which he had last year were block his quote unquote we're just missed not used field to goals it. were blocks.
1: Yeah, I True. hate that. Bad. Fred,
0: I know he hates that. Fred is probably <laughs> stewing in his seat right now, listening to us.
2: He should have made him.
0: He really he really hates the fact that that, and I agree with him. I hate the fact that 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 blocked field goals are counted against the kicker. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It should be Mm -hmm. counted against the line. It should not be counted against the kicker at at, at all because you can't control how quick that guy's coming off. You can't kick the ball any
2: faster. Yeah, but you can can adjust how high you're kicking the ball, though. Yeah, uh, I know. I'm gonna piss you off right, with this. We'll, we'll, I cannot we'll, wait till Fred rips you a new one next
0: week. Oh my god, he's we'll, we'll gonna rip you so, out. So you're gonna say I'm
2: gonna I'm gonna have a swollen cheek, huh? No. Yeah,
1: yeah, you <laughs> are. This is crazy. You are. Brian, <laughs> it ain't
2: gonna be. It ain't gonna be because.
0: Dodge you, and you duck, had baby.
1: Dodge do and it. duck, <laughs> Scott. We're gonna oh take, take. We're gonna take. We're gonna take Brian out. Let's see how many he can kick thirty yarders. Oh, oh I'd
2: be all for it. I'm gonna be Without hard. Hold no on. Hold on. I got. I got a bum ankle, so I got an excuse. Okay.
0: I'm so, so recovering. Already starting. Excuses already started, man. Uh, All right, let's hit our social media shout out real quick. Fred is chiming in in the room. So I got to acknowledge the elephant in the room. It's Fred. Then we've got Sherry, the normal Sherry Reedy. Thank you, Sherry. Uh, Troy's uh, Troy's in there. I think I saw uh, Nikki. I think I saw Carrie. Uh, Brian Walker. I think I also saw... Um, I think Ryan I also.
2: Shammel, I think I saw in there. I think as well. I
0: saw Ryan in there. Uh, James, you are not viewing. James, what is with this? My, friend? <laughs> I'm not used to this, man. <laughs> I just can't get used to it. I need I, I need to be able to scroll here to be able to see who else is uh, who else is going. Yeah, yeah James in. <laughs> I need to be able to scroll to see who else is is going through and, and chiming in. Hold on, hold on. on. What's gotta, going on? I
2: gotta give a shout out to one, Jessica Blake, of course. I gotta give a shout out to the wife. Yeah, Jessica's out there. <laughs> uh, let's see,
0: uh, Sam. Samuel. What's up, Steve? What's going on, Appreciate man? Appreciate you, man. It's kind of it as far as what we can uh, we can see as far as chiming in. Make sure you're chiming in. On the YouTube, the Facebook, and Twitter, make sure you're chiming in as much as possible, and uh, we'll get you guys. If you guys have any questions for the last call, let us know. All right, we're gonna get into some turtle talk now. With turtle talk, let's talk basketball first. Yale, we got we have some guys that are making some national headlines in Jalen Smith. And Aaron Wiggins.
2: This is going to be an exciting year of Maryland Terps basketball, and I am so looking forward. I am pumped more than any other time uh, for Terps basketball. It's going to be this year. Yeah, I mean, look, Jalen
0: and Aaron are, in some people's eyes, are already potential first round picks. What do you think? Do you think they could be first round picks?
2: I do. I absolutely do, especially if they, they show up and are able to kind of, you know, be be those stars. I honestly think they can be. I I, I think they could be. Jalen Smith
0: needs to show that he learned out of the tourney last year. Because when he went into the tourney, he said, all right, I'm going to start working out more. I'm going to start putting on muscle. And I hope he continues to do that. I, I From what I hear from the offseason, from the, the little bit of chirps I've heard, He has been working this offseason. He's going to continue to work. I'm excited to see what he comes back looking like. I have yet to see any pictures. So, Jalen, if you're listening, I want to see some muscle, bro. I want to see some muscle. I want want to see those guns, baby. I want some pictures on Twitter of some of the muscles that you're getting over the offseason. Because that's what I feel you're going to need to be a first-round draft pick. I'm not expecting you to be the biggest guy in the world, dude. But I am expecting you to show... What you did in the tourney, you put on the extra muscle in the tourney. You show that, that you can be a powerful guy. And if you can do that, you are a first-round pick. You have the skill set to be a first-round pick. Regardless of what happened with Bruno this year. Still think Bruno should have been a first-round pick. But I think he has the absolute potential to be there. The other guy is Aaron Wiggins. Our Terps be Esper, Ryan... Gave a lot of crap
2: to Aaron Wiggins last year. (laughs) A lot of crap. Rightfully so. Because he would disappear at times. Exactly. Yes. If he can show up
0: more consistently this year and take the lead on this team, lead this team. There you go. That's the big if. He can step up and be a strong player, and yes, he could be a first-round pick. Maybe second round. At the latest. But... I think if you look at him overall, to your point, he disappeared last year at times.
2: It wasn't and, at times. It was a lot, in my opinion. I mean, he, he would get hot, and then he would, he would drastically get cold.
0: Well, but you know, it, was, it was in certain situations that he would falter. I think it's one of those things that you have to look at, and you have to say, look, Wiggins, you gotta it's more the leadership than anything else. Mm-hmm. He would pass off the ball. Sometimes you gotta take the shot, not pass the ball. And that's one of the things that that he kind of struggled with. He struggled with with instead of taking the shot, he was passing the ball off. He was pushing it off. You know, it, it's one of those things that you you look at and he would he would because he would disappear, it's one of those things that you have to. Cowan's another guy that when you look at Cowan, Cowan has to take the lead as well. So both these guys have to do it. But Aaron Wiggins is the one that's getting the the attention nationally versus Cowan, which is weird, mm-hmm. first off. But when you look at it, I think Aaron Wiggins is the guy that that could ultimately lead this team long-term. Cowan needs to step up, take some hard shots. Wiggins needs to step up and really lead this team when you look at it overall. So that's how I, I think this is going to play out. They're getting national attention. I like it. I want to see what happens out of the offseason. I want to see what happens next season. How do they start? What's the rotation look like as far as, you know, how many minutes are these guys playing? You, you can't have these guys playing for 30, 35 minutes. They need to be, you need to have a nice rotation in and out. Let's move to football now, okay? The wideouts look good this year. You have Isaiah Hazel, who looks good and is expected to do well for, for the football team. With the Terps. Mm-hmm. and then you have a guy that's expected to make a big splash, and that's Dino Tomlin. Was
2: that that's last right? Name? <laughs>
0: that's right. Tom Tomlin, the guy who almost maybe could have kind of tripped Jacoby Jones. You mean his dad? Yeah, yeah. Tom kinda, Mike, kinda, Tomlin, Mike, Mike Mike Tomlin.
2: Tomlin. He kind of did that dance on the sideline. You know, he was I'll getting I'll tell funky you with guys
0: it. out there that are listening, you gotta tune in. To episode one of shell and tell because they interviewed Dino Tomlin and our boy Fredo asked about the Bolden situation I'm not giving anything away but you gotta listen to the response of Dino. It was hysterical. It's pretty funny, his response. Uh, but you got to tune in. You got to listen that. that. will be That episode will be out. For Shell and Tell, they're going to put every episode out the first Thursday of every month to start. So make sure you tune in this Thursday, July 4th. It'll be out. They're not going to do anything live, but it will be out on uh, iTunes. It'll be on our website. It's just birdlandbs.com slash Shell and Tell. You'll be able to find everything there. You'll also be able to find it on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, I believe, as well. Uh, so make sure you check it out on any of those platforms. But They did a great interview with Dino Tomlin. Make sure you check it out this week. They've got a few other guys that they're looking to line up from, from the Maryland side of things, especially the football side of things, since they're set up to, to go into fall. They're really looking to get some of these guys on air soon. Uh, so make sure that you, you really look and check that out. Uh, one of the guys that I know they're gonna be talking about, I know they're 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 kind of hoping to maybe potentially this get this guy on, you know, down the down the road. Uh, they're the linebacker that we got, Ruben Hippolyte, the second. This guy committed to Maryland just before the spring game in April. He is now gaining national attention and on a great platform here. He attended several college camps since the end of football last year. Gained some experience of working out with some other coaches, some premier coaches in the in the league, one of which is the one and only Crimson Tide coach, Nick Saban. He, Who was that? Yeah, Nick Saban.
2: Thank you very much. Yeah,
0: yeah you, you <laughs> didn't hear me yeah. wrong. Nick Saban. He went to a camp at Alabama and wound up getting an offer from Nick Saban. Because he was impressed with what he saw out of this kid.
2: Well, Nick Saban loves his defensive players too, man. That's what he's all about. He does. And
0: some of the videos that you've seen of some of the workouts from Hippolyte, it's crazy. If you haven't checked it out, make sure you go check out our Terps be expert on Shell Tell. Uh Ryan did his version of a Hippolyte workout at the ocean. Uh, I think today, I think it was. Uh Fred, you have to make sure you text me and let me know if that was today so I can confirm that, but I'm pretty sure it was. Uh he he can he he went out there and was doing like a Hippolyte workout on the oh, beach. Oh, good God, it had to be uh,
2: hysterical. Uh
0: sure. Off and everything. Oh so please, God! Oh yeah, uh-huh.
2: I, I don't need an instant replay of of Ryan shirtless, dude. Once is enough. <laughs> but here's the deal this this kid
0: gaining national attention and getting an offer from Nick Saban is ridiculous. Dude, stay committed to Maryland, please. Do not change your commitment because this is a guy that he could potentially
2: he, he one two years
0: one two years in college football and he's gone.
2: Well, not only that, he could help change the culture in Maryland football, too. I mean, it is an exciting time to be a Maryland Terps fan. I mean, you've got the basketball side that's growing. Now, football side is getting there. They're getting top-tier recruits. On a all, regular on basis a, now. I mean, it's almost like every day you're, like, you're realizing, okay, Maryland just went and stole this person from, say, LSU. You're like, how do we do that? How do we go in there and just steal a, re- a recruit that was... Somewhat committed to going to LSU. It's just like, oh my god, the the talent they're bringing in for Maryland football is on a level I haven't seen since Jesus, maybe twenty years. I mean, since the the was it Ralph Region era, yeah. Of Maryland football. I
0: mean, when you look when you look at everything, it's it's one of those things. These guys, the the recruits that they're getting in. I say it week in and week out, and, and I get I get a ton of crap uh, from people about how many hats off I give to Mike Loxley. but just it's just. Week after week after, week after week after week after week after week after week, that it's just a constant thing that these guys that are strong athletes that are committed to Maryland and how they're doing things. Mm-hmm. It just goes to show you the type of investment that he's had in these things. When I look at everything, the tight end group this year for the Terps, look at this tight end group. You have graduate Tyler Mabry, who's expected to make a splash. You have Noah Jones, who's a junior. Zach Roskey, who's a junior. Robert Schwab, who's a junior, the guy that's a sophomore but expected to probably make the biggest splash in Joghazim Okan. Good luck with that, Okinko. man. I think that's how you, say <laughs> how you say it. I could be wrong on that. Um, and then Tyler Debra, who's a freshman, and Malik Jackson, who's a freshman. These, this is a big... T- that's a tight end core. That's a wide, That's enough guys to, to, to fill a... NFL wide receiver roster
2: taking the page out of the Baltimore Ravens, I see. Yeah, I mean <laughs> and piling up the tight ends, which is awesome.
0: But when you have a guy like Piggy who can run the ball, who can also, you know, and you've got to, you've got to have Ant McFarland who can, who can really run the ball, get you downfield, make some big explosive plays. To have some big explosive tight ends that are physical guys that can get in there, catch the ball, not only catch the ball but also block. That's what you need, and that's what these guys are going to do. This core is going to do that, and they're going to do it on a regular basis. I expect them to do well. I expect them to really play well, and ultimately, this core of tight ends, could they get more receptions than the wide receivers? It's going to be close with how with how they, they plan with McFarland and the running game. Are they going to have to go over the middle a lot? A lot of these guys, like Dino Tomlin, these guys can be burners. Dino Tomlin is a bit of a burner. He can get over the top of a defense. So that's one of those things when you look at these guys, you have to say, you got to get some over-the-middle play. And that's going to come from your tight end core. This tight end core, I expect a lot of that this season. All right. It's time for this week's good, bad, and ugly
2: Oh boy, is it ugly.
0: <laughs> well, let's get into this week's good. There was a Guinness World Record set by an enthusiast balancing a running lawnmower on his chin for three minutes and 42 seconds. Question Why? What the hell? Just to get in the Guinness World Book
2: of World Records, that's why you do that?
0: You don't want to know why? Because it's extreme, and he was at the road to the X Games,
2: mofo. What is this, the 90s? We got to <laughs> go extreme on everything. We got to get in your face. I'm going to balance a lawnmower on my chin. This is nuts.
0: You ever tried just, like, lifting up and holding a lawnmower?
2: It's difficult as it is. I agree. <laughs> a running lawnmower on your chin? No, I haven't gone that far.
0: That's damn impressive.
2: I've never been that drunk to be able to want to do that. <laughs> it's never yeah, crossed no. my mind. I want to balance a lawnmower on my chin, <laughs> dude. I
0: I don't I don't know how he this Touché, guy did this, tool. especially a running lawnmower. I don't know
2: how he did it. Three minutes, fifty
0: seconds, almost four minutes. Just crazy to crazy to really see what's going on here. Uh, let's move to the bad. This is pretty bad on on the Scottish national team. They posted a video on Facebook that shows their players running around the training field, playing a game of tag with a rubber chicken. Is this how you train for a soccer game?
2: If it was a real chicken, I could understand, but a rubber chicken? I mean, I could understand some rocky type of stuff. You're running around the chicken trying to catch it, and that, that helps It was for a training. bunch of
0: women choking a rubber chicken.
2: Okay, now we just got...
0: <laughs> <laughs> they were beating each other with <laughs> rubber chickens. What am I going to say? <laughs> That's horrible. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh my
2: God, that is just bizarre. And the fact that there's video evidence of this. It's crazy.
0: It's crazy.
2: Who comes up with these training rituals? I literally people?
0: just got a te- text from a friend that says he's aroused. Oh, <laughs> <good> God. <laughs> Dude, I mean,
2: We just uh, got demonetized from YouTube right there, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Dude, I mean, they're running around. There's vid- the video, it says... Don't get touched by the chicken, yells the coach, as one of the attacker, attackers, Fiona Brown, smacks her other teammate over and over with it.
2: She's whacking her with her chicken, huh?
0: Yeah. <laughs> this is hysterical. Ra-
2: yeah, I'm not, I can't, I'm not yeah. even gonna Where you
0: going to really say what I want to say. Yeah, she Come was on, whacking man. her with a rubber. Yeah, she
2: was whacking <laughs> her with a rubber chicken. She was adjusting the rubber chicken. Oh, my goodness. All right. Now Fred's aroused. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right. Now let's get to the ugly. Oh, here we go.
0: And unfortunately, I got to go political on this one. My ugly goes to Nike.
2: (laughs) Seems to be a a novelist (laughs) topic these days. Nike's getting bashed left and right.
0: Yeah, well, Nike's getting it because Wall Street Journal reported that they were planning to release a shoe that featured the U.S. flag that was the 13 stars in a circle, the the Betsy Mm -hmm. Ross flag in honor of of Fourth of July. In walks Colin Freaking Kaepernick. You are not relevant to football. You are not relevant to Nike. How do you have the ability to tell Nike not to do something and they listen? Nike, you're the ugly Mofos.
2: Oh, I cannot get enough <laughs> angry about this. I've never seen you get this read before. Dude, <laughs> I it's not
0: even an issue. Like the it issue is, 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 that this guy doesn't have any relevancy in the NFL or in sports. And yet Nike is listening to this guy because he says, quote, it's an offensive symbol due to its connection to the time slavery was legal. I understand that, but recognize history to an extent. And why does he continue? That's more of my issue. Why does Colin Kaepernick have, an, have a say in what Nike is doing?
2: I don't get it. I, I mean, is it because he had so much power over the NFL and now he's going into Nike? I don't get it. I mean, does anybody he's understand our history? He's not in the NFL. He
0: doesn't have power over the NFL. He's he's the, he
1: messed up he, my, shoe, my shoe collection. Oh, <laughs> good God. Yeah, we don't even want to hear, get your shoe collection. I actually
0: hear that they're going for about, this pair is going for like 2000 bucks on like Static X or something. Jesus some, Christ. Some it's probably going
1: to go more. Maybe uh, Trump might even buy them. There you go. Trump will buy them. You know what? Trump's going to buy Nike, and then he's going to make
2: them make these shoes, and he's going to give it out to every American just to insult Nike and Colin Kaepernick. I don't get <sighs> it either, dude. I agree with you. It's it's BS the fact that one person could come in and ruin it for everybody. It's, to it, me, you're, you're you're paying homage to the people who want us our freedom to be who we are today. We're America because of what these men did during the Revolutionary War. Which the flag was made for that cause, for our fight for freedom, and then Colin Kaepernick comes in and ruins everything. I wish I could buy these. I would buy. Them. I mean, I don't know if you guys have seen what the shoes look like. They're That's awesome looking. Yeah, I, I think they know. look pretty good. I think they look pretty good. My my big issue here
0: is the fact that it's Colin. It's Colin Kaepernick it's, who has no relevancy to sports anymore. It's it's not it's not a Confederate flag or anything. You know, I, I know that I. I know Fred enough to know that that's what he would say, mm-hmm. that it's not a Confederate flag. It is the original flag that was, that was created by Betsy Ross, original the 13 colonies. colonies. Look, do I understand what Colin Kaepernick is saying? I understand it. But the fact, my bigger issue is, is that you, Colin Kaepernick, have the ability to tell Nike what to and not to do.
2: Hold on. I understand he's talking about our past, but who was the first? And most people don't understand this, and I'm probably going to get flack for this, but it's your history. You've got to learn your history to understand where we are today. Who was the first country to abolish slavery? Yeah. The freaking United States of America, folks. I understand it. It's part of our history. It's part of our culture, and you got to understand slavery, the American Civil War. Which I'm a big a history, history buff. buff of the American Civil War. So yes, I understand slavery. I understand there's different other components outside of slavery for the American Civil War, but that's a different time and place. But you got to respect your history. Betty Ross created, Betsy? Rich- yeah. What did I say? Betty, Betty, <laughs> Betty, <laughs> Betty Ford. She's no, still alive. okay. Um, she created the f- the symbol of the American Revolutionary War, and that's what you're trying to pay homage to—the men who died for our country, for, for the freedom, for for the freedom that we enjoy. And why not pay homage to? Her? I get it. Most people say she's
1: uh, if that's just the Satin case, Heller, but anyway, Kaepernick should stop wearing Nike because uh, you know they got the slavery making his shoes. Uh huh. There Nike you go. Shoes, Child. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yep. Yeah. All right.
0: minute warning
2: alright Scott it is your week for the two minute warning it is man I'm, I hope uh, you're ready. You got some expectations to live up to, especially with Fred not being here. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure.
0: Yeah, well, I got to get through these topics. I, I only had four this week, but they are a little bit longer topics. You, and
2: you do this to yourself week in and week out. For your weeks, you give yourself so much material to read. It's almost like it's an impossible challenge. All right.
0: If if I get through, I only have four, but they are longer. So if I get through all these, then all three of us are doing another shot after the, in the last call. I'm okay with that. Fair enough. I'm game. All right. You let me know when my two-minute warning starts. Your two-minute warning starts now. Sources close to the Yankees told ESPN that the team assigned 16-year-old center fielder Jason Dominguez to a deal that includes a $5.1 million bonus. Dominguez is perhaps the most highly regarded prospect from Latin America in a decade. This kid's 5'11", 195 pounds, and a powerful switch hitter with top-end speed and a well-regarded throwing arm. A classic five-tool player. His bonus dwarfed the Yankees' previous record at $3.2 million for a player. NBA league sources told ESPN on Monday that free agent point guard Isaiah Thomas has agreed to a one-year deal with the Washington Wizards. Thomas is optimistic that his surgically repaired hip will not impair him as it has the past two summers. And he expects to have a full offseason of training so that he can make a more impactful return to the league this season. The U.S. women's national team took on England today. Did you guys see this, this this game? It was a pretty good game. Yes, it was. This was a highly anticipated match and really lived up to its expectations. Kristen Press scored the first goal at the 10-minute mark, followed by an England goal at the 19-minute mark. The U.S. went ahead 2-1 to one After an Alex Morgan goal in the 31st minute that was then matched by England in the 69th minute to bring the match to two. But wait, England was off sides. So that that pulls back that score. It became two to one. And that's how it stayed. This ref in this game was a little weird as this match with penalties and some non calls, some missing substitutions and well, two yellow cards and a red card to an England player who's done for the rest of the, the the match. Just crazy scenario. I congratulate the women's U.S. national team, and I expect you to come back with the gold ladies. Many of you already know, but I got to mention, wow, I did not get through that. I went
2: longer than I thought on those three topics. <laughs> you tried, man. Oh, my goodness. You do not make it easy on yourself.
0: I do not make it easy on myself. Well, no shots for you, gentlemen, uh, <laughs> unless you really want one. B.S. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, this show, we'd like to take a second and thank the good people over at Denon and make sure that we thank them over at Sound United, the parent company of Polk Audio, Definitive Technology, Denon, Morantz, and Classe, for sending us these attractive Denon H 5200 headphones.
2: Denon makes some of the most popular AV receivers, but man, do they know headphones too. These premium headphones sport ear cups made of real zebra wood, an exotic tone wood used on high-end acoustic guitars. This lends the AHD 5200s a naturally warm, musical sound. You'll find Denon's free-edge drivers under the hood, a shining example of Japanese headphone engineering. Large dynamic drivers are suspended within a baffle system that lowers resonance. The drivers deliver healthy mids, smooth eyes, and tight, potent bass. Just let your ears sink into the plush blended leather padding and enjoy music like never before.
0: Alright, we want to remind all of you guys Check us out on our website www.BirdlandBS.com Make sure you check out all of our episodes Check out the new Shell and Tell episode When it comes out on Thursday Make sure you learn about each of us, contact us And get yourself some Birdland BS gear Go check it out, man Also make sure you check us out on the Big Play Twitter page And download the Big Play app Which is just finished getting a makeover So go check it out, man also make sure you check us out on all of our social media pages. BirdlandBS is all you gotta do is search us at BirdlandBS. Check us out at Fred BLBS at Scott BLBS at IT Blake BLBS all on Twitter. And make sure while you're there, you like, subscribe, and share to everything that you do. Make sure you use the hashtag, hashtag that's BLBS to have your comments heard on the show. And also be sure to check out the audio podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcast, Podbean, whatever you listen to. Go find us and listen already. Thanks for tuning in, as always. We'll see you guys live next week, 845, every Tuesday night. We'll see you guys for IT Blake, myself, the recovering Fred, and James <laughs> over there. Have a good night, and we'll see you guys next week.